Hello and welcome to episode three of Sistery, Sisters Talk History. I'm Victoria. And I'm Dixie. And today we're going to be talking about Edith Cavell. Yes. Who was a British nurse slash spy. Yes. During, during World War One. Yes. Which is fascinating to me. I love learning about World War One and right. all that interesting time period and a woman spy, sign me up. Really? Yes. And I used to want to be a spy, but quickly realized I'm way too loud. I talk way too much. <laughs> well, your face says it all. You would be like, yeah, come get me, enemy. Right. Clearly, the Germans, I guess, would be the enemy since World War I, yes. and I would not do well. No. And we laugh in any yes. nervous if situation. If we're nervous, we laugh. That's what Moving we do. furniture. Yes. Quiet in church. Yep. So we would not be, we'd be killed quite quickly. Yes. Edith Cavell, we also heard it pronounced Cavell. Cavell. But the American professor we heard on YouTube pronounced it Cavell. So that's yes. where we're going to go yes. with him. Her father was a. Hold on, you have to go back when she was born. Oh, I thought we already <laughs> talked about that. No. Okay, so she was born December 4th, 1865. Here we go. In, in Swarliston, Norfolk, England. To our British friends, I apologize. Yes. It's like them saying Des Moines. How do they say it? I'm sure they would say Des Moines. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know the many British people. <laughs> the Queen, when she listens to our podcast, she yeah. could call and let us know. Yes. Well, Edith's father was a vicar for 45 years. Edith was the eldest of four children. Her parents were Reverend Frederick Cavill and Louisa Sophia Warming. Her siblings were Florence Mary, who was born in 1867, Mary Lillian, born in 1870. That's a cute I like name. that name. Yeah. And John Frederick Scott, born in 1872. That's a very late 1800s name. Yes. John Frederick. Three. Well, John Frederick Scott. Right. Yeah. Cavill. Three first names. Mm hmm. And she attended Norwich High School, and then she went on to boarding schools, where she became a governess. She went to Brussels to be a governess from 1890 to 1895. She returned to England to help care for her father and decided to go to London to study nursing in 1895. She worked in hospitals in Shoreditch, King's Cross, and Manchester. In 1907, she returned to Brussels as matron in Belgium's first nursing school, the Birkendal Institute. Edith is considered the founder of modern of modern nursing education in Belgium because before her there wasn't any established nursing profession in that country. There wow. were nurses, but it wasn't like a nursing established thing. Right, right. right. So in 1914, any history buffs know, something well, huge kind of happened. Yeah. Archduke Ferdinand uh, is assassinated, and we begin World War I. So Edith is back in London visiting her mother, but she wanted to return to Belgium. She heard the news of German troops and the threat to Belgium and decided to return to Brussels. By August 20th, Brussels had been occupied by the Germans. The nursing school was turned into a Red Cross hospital, and Edith, tre she treated soldiers on both sides. If a sick, hurt, injured soldier came to her, German, American, French, English, she treated them. Yeah, and that goes back to 
That oath they yes, take. Yes, Hippocratic oath. Yes. Right, right. Which do nurses take the Hippocratic oath, or is that just doctors? Is that all medical? I think all it medical is professionals? because when, we'll have to call Jen. I was like, when our Jen nurse, graduated, our, our nurse, nurse sister, sister, who's yes. probably screaming at her phone right now, like who is yes. the oldest, so we don't right. want to call her right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, it may be a little intense for that. Yes, but we will have to ask her. In fact, we will pause for a little break. We will call Jen, and we will find out. Yeah. And we are back with an answer, but not from our nurse sister, Jen, because she did not answer. She must be saving lives right now. Right. So we had to call our friend Google. And Google said that, yes, in the nurse's oath, they promised to uphold the Hippocratic Oath. Right? Isn't that what you found? Right. Right. Yes. So Edith was just doing her job. Right. Being the best nurse, taking care of soldiers. In September 1914... Edith began helping British soldiers, Belgium soldiers, French soldiers by hiding them and helping them get out of Brussels and safely to the Netherlands. Over the next 11 months, she helped 200 soldiers by giving them shelter and then arranging for guides to take them to the border. Wow. Yeah, amazing. So she's healing them. And then can you imagine, you know, these, these are injured men already not 100% having to get them smuggled, finding someone to smuggle them, finding places for them to hide. It's amazing. And you find that in every war. Right. You know? People um, helping people. Right. And it's, you know, usually these are probably more like kids, 17-year-old kids Mm -hmm. fighting in this war because, you know, governments can't get along. And she is helping them get better. Right. And helping them get to safety for, you know, for their recovery. Right. So it was so much more than just taking care of them. Right. August 5th, 1915, she and others were arrested and placed in a prison in Brussels for 10 weeks. She was charged with harboring Allied soldiers. She was betrayed by Gaston. For real. George's Gaston Quien. Quien? Q-U-I-E-N. But you know what? She was betrayed by him, so I don't care that we're saying his name incorrectly. We're just going to call him Gaston because... That's a villain name. Edith made a full confession. In the last two weeks in prison, she was placed in solitary confinement. One of the people arrested with her was Princess Marie of Croy. On October 7th, 1915, at her court-martial, Edith was found guilty and sentenced to death. She was brought before a firing squad on October 12th, 1915. The night before her execution, Edith told an Anglican chaplain, Standing as I do now in view of God and eternity, I realize that patriotism is not enough. I must have no hatred or bitterness towards anyone. Those words are inscribed on a statue of her at St. Martin's Place in London. When the Allies heard of Edith's execution, they were outraged. There were propaganda posters and Edith became an iconic propaganda figure for recruiting men in the military. So Edith died in 1915. So the war had been going on for a year. Mm-hmm. People were probably worried about their sons that they sent over. Should we have sent our sons over? And then along comes Edith, and she is used in the propaganda right. to get soldiers to sign up, and which... It's just sad that, uh, right? It you know, yes, you want to win the war. Yes, 
but at what cost? Right. And you have someone who died getting men to safety and the government almost rejoices like okay good let's put her on a poster right like her and what's funny is she says that 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 thing that's on no um, ill will toward anyone anybody yes and that i didn't do this because of patriotism i did this because these were human beings right and her country is doing exactly what she says she didn't do it for you know they're like for the cause come fight for us and she's like well no you lose the human element right Many newspapers, pamphlets, books, even a movie was made about Edith's life. Princess Marie of Croy, who, remember, was captured same time as she was for being a spy, was sentenced to 10 years hard labor in Germany, but was released in 1918 because of poor health. She was awarded the Legion of Honor. And interesting, she was released in 1918 because of poor health, not because... The war ended. The war ended. She was released because of poor health. Right. In 1919, traitor Gaston was put on trial in France for his collaboration with the Germans and his betrayal of Edith Cavill. He was sentenced to death, but served 20 years in prison. Hmm. So the only reason she was found out, he gets 20 years. Yeah. And she is shot. Right, before a firing squad yeah. and has enough gumption to say, you know, I did this because I wanted to help people. Right. Edith's body was exhumed. A service was held at Westminster Abbey and she is buried in Norwich Cathedral. And that is the story of Edith Cavill. Another person who I would love to sit down and hear her stories. Right. That would be amazing to hear. Just again, in 1914, you have a single lady. Mm-hmm. Who is like, I'm going to go help people. I'm going to go be a nurse in Belgium. Right. Oh, a war breaks out. I'm going to go back to Belgium and see what I can do to help out. Right. And not just no regard for her own life. Right. Just it's, it's helping, the right thing to do. Helping everybody. Right. And importantly, getting the allies out and safe. Those young kids. And think about the communication. I mean, at least right. in World War Two, you had maybe like walkie-talkies right. or telephones right not everyone had telephones back then right the communication you know that she had what they did with their limited resources right so that was edith cavill we hope you enjoyed that one that was so interesting it's it's interesting to see because we know a lot about uh, american history right but so it's interesting to hear about edith and some british history right We thank you so much for listening to episode three of Sistery, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.